Alrighty, guys, welcome back to another episode of Limitless Otaku. This is episode 18. Uh, we're doing part four of Stormweaver, the Iron Prince. Um, and this week, we're going to kind of pick up where we left off, where we're going to be talking a little bit about uh, Aria Laurent, who is the top class. I think she's C-ranked um, Phalanx class. The only... She's the only one, but yep. uh, she is the... She's kind of like the pinnacle of what everyone's striving to become, and she hates it. But uh, before we get too far into that, uh, Cleveland, what have you been up to over the last uh, week or so? Uh, same old, same old. Um, writing a little bit, uh, or writing a lot, actually. But uh, <laughs> reading what I can and catching up on what I can. Um, just absolutely, completely enthralled into um, Demon Slayer Season 2 and the final season of Attack on Titan. Like, uh, it... It's funny because you kind of, I always, like, I have a weird relationship with Sunday depending on, like, what season it is. Because if it's, like, football season, then it's, like, regular season. Then you're like, all right, I love Sunday. Like, football's coming on. But other than football, I don't really get excited for Sunday. The only time I get excited for Sunday is, like, during, like, a pivotal anime season. Because, like, that's when they'll, they'll, they tend to play, you know, the bigger anime shows on Sunday. Sometimes it's on Friday, like with Jujutsu Kaisen, I believe it was on Friday. But it's usually on Sunday. Um, and so, like, with the last season of Attack on Titan and with Demon Slayer, uh, every Sunday is just... And with Baruto as well. Like, every Sunday, it's just me catching up on all, like, the new animes. Nice. Awesome. Because they're... Yeah. I'm trying to remember. Are they doing another season after season two of Demon Slayer? Is, they should I be. think so. If I remember the story yeah. enough. Yeah, there, there should be. A yeah, no, they, they should. There's no way they're going to get through the rest of the story in this season. I didn't think so, but um, I just didn't but, know if they were going to do another thing. Where dude, they, this season has just... No, I didn't know if they were going to do what they did last time, where they kind of put like a, a movie in between seasons one and two. But Oh, they, they totally could, too. I... I I don't know. I I I just I know that like there's no way they'll finish it after this season. But like you're right, they could add. I don't see why they. In fact, like I don't see why they wouldn't add another movie because of how successful the previous one was. It's it's literally changed the framework of how a lot of these animation studios are looking at like doing their content is because of like the success of the Demon Slayer movie. So there probably will be another one. Um, but. I don't see Demon Slayer ending anytime soon with that being said. Okay. Well, that's definitely a good thing. But it's so good, dude. Like, just, it's so, be every episode, it somehow looks more amazing. Like, last episode, I went into last episode thinking, like, there's no way it's gonna, like, visually look any more impressive than it's been looking the previous episodes. And I kid you not, maybe, like, the first or second shot that you see is clearly the most beautiful shot we've seen in the series so far. And I'm just like, how the fuck do they somehow keep improving on this? Like, dude, it's just, oh my god, it just looks so damn good. Yeah, no, it's definitely on my list of something that I need to catch up on and, you know, read. And I kind of want to reread some of the some of the manga as well, but there's just so many other things I got on my plate at the moment, so I've kind of been refocusing everything on my end. Right. But- I feel you. And and that's the beauty about anime is like it's not going anywhere. Yeah, if anything, they're just <laughs> adding on to it. It's just, you know. You always have. And and honestly, I like binging anyway. Like 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 there's plenty of us who prefer to binge, but we watch on a weekly basis out of necessity. Meaning like we don't have any other choice. 
But like if we had the option to binge over watching something weekly, we would binge it. It's just like we're so addicted to a show that like we can't wait for multiple weeks to go by without watching it in order to get that binge feel. Yeah, and I think I, I always had the issue where I hated waiting for the next episode to come out. Like that was my big thing. And I think that's kind of what led yep. me to enjoy more of like massive amounts at one time. Like even with oh, there was a show that was on Netflix or no, it was on Amazon, I think. I think it was um was it Jack Reacher with um the guy from the office. I can't remember his name for some reason, who played um Jim on the office. Oh, you mean Jack Ryan? Oh, Jack Ryan. Thank you. I always get those two mixed up. Um, yeah, like they did one episodically and it, it drove me nuts because I was just like, I just want all of it at once so I can binge it instead of waiting every week for the next one. But it definitely did have that 24 feeling, which made me really enjoy it again. But oh, I loved it. Um, I actually got to binge the first season because I, I kind of joined the train late. Yeah. But the second season definitely had that episodic feeling to it that kind of annoyed me yeah so it's definitely something that i try to like i allow stuff to build up and my wife luckily is the same way we definitely are we don't jump on tv shows right away unless we know there's like an entire season we can watch together um yeah or if you know it's something we want to watch during dinner and you know it's just something we can throw on and not have to think about what we want to watch so it's definitely and, something and that we we both agree on luckily and animation's a little bit different like you you need to have patience to um, build up the tolerance to like binge a, a live action TV show. But any patience you need for that is amplified like double for anime because anime episodes are only at most like runtime is like 23 minutes. Yeah, if that. <laughs> so it's like, so you're like, dude, am I really going to like hold out on watching this anime for two months to get like at most like an hour and 45 minutes worth of like runtime episodes yeah i think that's why for most of the time what i'll do is I, if i find an anime i like that's new um i'll like watch the first couple of episodes and then i'll just go and read the manga because it's just easier for me to be able to read all of it it's just so much better that way i i just love i love the feeling and it's a problem to be honest with you but i love the feeling of like being on like chapter 30 or 40 or 50 and like looking at the table of contents and seeing like hundreds of chapters ahead of me. Yes. Yeah, so like just, right now I'm in like a really depressive part of Duke Pendragon because I'm literally at the part where there's only like 125 chapters left. And I had like all these fantastical ideas of like where the story could possibly go. Not ever like once looking into like where does the actual story end like how many chapters does it actually have i never even looked at it i just read it chapter by chapter and finally yesterday i like made myself do it and i saw i only had like 120 chapters left so i was like uh, i gotta narrow down like my expectations by like at least 50 percent because like the, the story's gonna end in 120 chapters like there's only so much left to tell yeah, exactly. So that that's that's a bummer. But you know, there's always going to be another series out there that you're going to find that you're going to fall in love with just as quickly as you did with that one. So yeah, and I feel like Duke Pendragon, especially since now that it's been, um, it's officially greenlit for a manhwa, like it has a manhwa running now. Um, there's always a chance that he can, like the the creator, can add to the light novels. Yeah, which would be awesome if he did. Yeah, for sure. Awesome. Well, as we said, um, we're going to continue on with uh, 
speaking about Aria Laurent and where we left off at the last episode was um, Aria Laurent was kind of on the pretty much the stage in front of his in front of their entire class during orientation, pretty much. And she's pretty much being, I don't know, like pretty much flaunted in front of the entire class of being like, look, she's so much better than you in every way possible. She's a higher rank. She's stronger than you. And she the entire time she's standing up there, she just hates herself. She doesn't want to be in this position. She hates the fact that she was put in this position to be considered like a, I don't know, a pretty much an idol or like a centerpiece to the entire thing. And there is this sad moment where she's just kind of like looking out into the crowd and she sees all these like other younger kids around her age who are all huddled together, like whispering to each other and like, you know, making friends. And she just wishes that she should, she could be down there with them. And instead she's up here on the front because of where she came from, what her lineage is and what she has to do. So she doesn't really get the opportunity to be, herself or you know who she truly wants to be because of all this other stuff that was laid out before she was even born so she kind of has dealt a, a rough hand but as um as aria laurent is up there um uh Valera, valera dent is you know talking about the um possibilities of what you can achieve while, while attending um this school and she goes on this entire you know tirade about like you know you have to you know fight for what you want where nothing's going to be handed to you at the school yada 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 and during this entire time Raiden is just sitting there and he's just staring at uh Arya and like him Viv and Catcher are all just like they have their mouths like agape just staring at her because of how attractive as she is but the entire time Ray is sitting there being like I want to see her in a different light. And at first you're kind of like, oh, you know, it's more of a romantic thing. But then he's like, I want to actually see her fight because I want to like, I feel like that's the best way I'll be able to get to know her and what her abilities are. Yeah, because um, like uh, just for anybody who, you know, wants or needs clarification, like Arya is not a simple prodigy. She's she's like a very rare prodigy. Um, I believe. uh uh like her uncle explains it later uh that uh even though she's literally the only c ranked in galen like she's the only cadet that started as a c rank everyone else started in the d's she's the only one that has started at c0 and she's the first cadet to enter galen's already at c rank um in almost a decade she is the first cadet in two decades to enter the academy already, already having her own unique ability. Um, and we'll get into what unique abilities are later. And she's the first person since um, her uncle Romanov, who's, you know, up there in age, since before he was born. She's the first person since before he was born to have both, meaning her own unique ability and be already ranked at C rank while entering Galen's Academy. But didn't so she to say she's a big deal is like uh, understatement. Didn't she just achieve C rank though? Wasn't it like because of the summer program that she eventually finally broke into the C's and she was originally at like a D nine or something. Um, possibly, but I believe when her mom checked, had her evaluated before she went to the summer program, 
they evaluated her at C rank. Because I don't think the the evaluation she took, I don't think they, at least at, at, at the part where they mention in the book, I don't think they actually go through her entire evaluation. So I wonder if they mention that later on. They did mention it later on. They literally, uh, I forgot exactly what part it was, but they mentioned it later on that when she got evaluated, the evaluator said that she was already at C rank level. And that was before the summer training. Oh, okay. Yeah. So um, it was, she was at C rank. Oh, and this is, this is the exact reason why she got evaluated to begin with while her mom got her evaluated to begin with. Because her mom and her parents already suspected she was at C rank, but they didn't want a public evaluation of it because then everyone would find out and it would become like this big deal. So they wanted to stat verify that she was C rank while giving them some time to get accustomed to it before everyone else finds out. Yeah, because her mother is definitely somebody who is kind of she is she's a very driven woman she knows what she wants and she knows how the biggest concern of her is to make sure that her family is seen in the best light possible um so any information that gets out without her control kind of makes her feel uncomfortable and so she right, wants exactly. to make sure everything is shown in the correct light she wants to make sure that she lets information out the way that she wants it and so she is a very structured woman, whereas Arya wants to get away from that because she has two older siblings who also, when they were um, evaluated, they ranked fairly high and mm -hmm. they kind of assumed that she would also rank high at the same time. So or for the for the same reason. And so that's kind of another reason why they wanted to do a private tutor or private session for an evaluation instead of making it a public event. Yeah, exactly. And it's like um, it's one of those things where um just based off of like the prior experience with her siblings, I'm, I'm sure her parents probably knew like she's at the very least at their level, like at the most she's like going to surpass them. So they probably, and then it's like, um, it's no secret that like her mom is kind of like fucked up with the other two in terms of like their relationship. Um, so seeing Arya as like that last opportunity, almost like her last child to get it right. And that child happens to have, more potential than the previous siblings like that probably emphasizes to Arya's mom even more about like you know like paying close attention to Arya which subsequently like makes Arya hate her even more or like hate the process even more yeah exactly and so one of the first things after uh, Valera Dent has done explaining, you know, all the achievements that you could possibly achieve while here at Galen's. Um, one thing she does mention is the fact that she is there to teach them how to be fighters and how to be soldiers, but she is not there to teach them how to defeat or how to, you know, beat their opponent. She's teaching them how to kill their opponent. Because here yeah. at the school, you have the opportunity to learn from the previous day and get better. Whereas once you're out there on the field, there is no opportunity to learn from it. You either exactly. you either succeed yeah, or you I, die I pretty much. And it just shows yeah, how how strong she is as as to like what she has seen and what she has experienced, that she cannot she doesn't have time to coddle these people. She knows that if these kids are gonna go and fight like I did, they need to know what they're getting their hand what they're getting into before they get there. Yeah, absolutely. No, for sure. And um and like that's kind of the thing though. Um I, I, I like how they structured kind of the, the world building with this is that like at the end of the day, like there's a reason why the military is as powerful and as influential as it is. 
And there's a reason why, like, they're all doing what they're doing. It's because of the main war with the Archons. So, like, this is one of those rare situations where, like, when you see people who are not, like, in the military but are of the age where they should be and they have the skill set where they're, like, they clearly be one of the strongest soldiers, like, that's a situation where, like, they're so talented that they've actually been, like, given a pass from you know, performing on the front lines. But the vast majority of the students that have entered Galen's, like the vast majority of the people that are going to be in Ray's class will be in the front lines because they won't be talented enough to bypass not performing in the front lines. So like, I, I always thought that was, I thought that was like a really cool kind of spin that they do on the narrative. Cause a lot of times the stories, obviously the strongest soldiers are the ones that are going to be doing the most fighting where it's like in this story, it's like the strongest soldiers are going to be the ones who are like researched the most probably. Yeah, exactly. And so with that being said, they want to demonstrate to the, the rest of the class, what the top 16 were doing two months before everyone else got there in this summer program. And so they're going to have a combat, pretty much a, a pretty much a, a a fight to prove to like uh, show what these young, um, I, I keep on calling them athletes, but they're combatants pretty much. Combatant, but, yeah. What they can do, and so but 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 before they got to that, they're like one. She pretty much says one of you, and when I say she, I mean Valera Dent says yeah. one of you will have the opportunity to fight Arya Laurent, <laughs> and without even before she can even finish the sentence. Ray is already standing with his hand in his air, screaming across the entire auditorium, like, I'll do Quick it, me. It. And it's just like... Quick with it. Just like without even a hesitation. And it's even to the point where it's like, there's a moment of dead silence and you just hear it echo because of the massive <laughs> arena that they're in. Yeah. And obviously one of the the sergeants that are standing by are like yelling at him, like, shut up, sit down. And... Valeria Dent kind of smiles to herself because like this is the person she went to bat for to get into the school and she goes well I did say anybody who looks for the opportunity to achieve will be given it and I can't be I can't be called a liar on my first day so obviously the first thing she goes okay come on down and nobody believes it because like she pulls up his name and his rank and that's when everyone finds out that he's an e-rank He's a freaking E-ranker. He's an E-ranker, dude. And it's like, which I love the fact that they called him an E-ranker. I love that, too. This guy's a freaking (laughs) E-ranker. And so, and obviously everybody in this, in this school has nodes in their head. So they can obviously like zoom in and like they pretty much have bionicle eyes and they can look up anybody that's attending the school and know what their rank is and what their class is. But they also don't have the ability to look at certain specifications because that's protected mm-hmm. within, you know, it's kind of like privacy. And so everyone's now zooming in with their like bionicle eyes and like scanning him and look at pulling up his profile. It's like, holy crap, she's right. It's an E ranker. And so everyone just assumes that, you know, an E rank fighting a C rank, it's just going to be a bloodbath and it's just going to be a horrible thing. And so like, Obviously, Ray is way too excited about this because he's like, this is going to be amazing. I can't wait. And everyone's just assume- is just waiting for this bloodbath to happen. Which, yeah. honestly, if anybody told me this, it would be obvious that it would be. Well, like, um, well, yeah, too. And just to give a little bit more backstory and like why um, this is even happening is uh, so 
there's actually a chapter where we briefly get introduced to Arya um, before Ray like introduces us in this you know fight or whatever. Um, and it's a little confusing as the reader trying to kind of figure out what's going on. But um, after you know a little bit, you you kind of get the just that oh. Um, She's about to get evaluated, and Stephen and I already went over the reasons why she had to get evaluated. But basically, um, just like in you know regular sports or uh, regular sports growing up, you know it, it doesn't just start out in you know high school or collegiate or professional. You, there's a level to everything, and with this is it's no different. Um, some of these students don't come from military academies. But other students do. Other students have been trained to be CAD fighters literally since the day they, they were born. They came from a family that had the resources and the determination to kind of put those pillars in place for them. And so mainly these students that are coming from the top 16, quote unquote, um, tend to be those students. Like they're students who all their lives, they've been they've been in a military academy. They've been they've known for a while that they were going to be cat fighters as opposed to maybe someone like Viv who didn't decide she wanted to be one until, you know, somewhat recently. Um, and so Arya kind of comes from that background. So when they say top 16, they mean kids who um, Galen's like picked them out of the bunch and were like, okay, these kids came from military academies out of like all the cadets that were, you know, coming there coming to our school like these kids are the cream of the these kids are the cream of the crop based off of not just like the reputation of their school but based off of their own performance in their own kind of school battles because like i said it's not just going to start at the collegiate level or the professional level um there's they probably have their own inter-system rankings or inter-school rankings for like the military academies that you know are training these kids too that before they get to like, you know, the big Galen's institution or any of those bigger institutions. Like I'm sure they have their own mini ranking system, like for the schools that come before that. So that's kind of like why there's a top 16 and why there were 16 students that were invited to train before the other cadets got to the school. Yeah, exactly. And it also, Aria kind of took that as an opportunity to get away from her own mother. And, yeah. <laughs> which just kind of shows how like cold and hearted that that whole family is towards each other, which just means they're just trying to find ways to get away from each other. Yeah, which is like it. What And I hate to say this because um, I don't want to like give anybody the wrong message or anything, but I don't get the sense that the dad is like as cutthroat or as... um. I don't know, as cruel as the mom. I, I think he's like, and this could be equally as bad depending on like who's judging the situation. But like, I think he's just like super lazy. <laughs> I, I <laughs> like, don't think it's super lazy. I think it's just, he knows what battles to fight and what battles not to fight. Well, that's what I mean. Like he's lazy about like voicing himself. Like he's like, I'd rather not deal with it. Like, <laughs> like it, and it could have been the fact that he didn't come from that kind of a family. He didn't come yeah. from a family of wealth and power and knowledge. And so he kind of married up into that class status and he just doesn't know how to deal with it. And so he's like, well, you know, she, she's known this from since birth. So I'm going to assume she knows what's best for our children. But like, I just, it just seems like it's something that he's just not willing to fight day in and day out about. Is my yeah. is my thought. 
No, that's what I'm saying too. Like, I just feel like some days he's just like, uh, whatever, whatever your mom said, just go with it. <laughs> like, yeah. So it's, you know, pretty much already puts like, you know, him in the doghouse with his kids too. So it's like, you know, he's not really winning any, you know, fathers of the father of the right. year awards or anything. Right. But that's like Aria, um, to your point, Steven, like Aria, like all of that stuff kind of adds to the pressure that she feels because She's not just any student. Like even if even amongst the one one out because every year there's a cream of the crop, right? So even amongst a decade's worth of cream of the crops, she would still be considered special. Because she's the first person in multiple decades, multiple since before her uncle was born, that has come into Galen's with both a C rank already established and her own like individual ability. So like when Steven says that, you know, she feels like she's being presented as a trophy case is because she literally is being presented as like the ultimate trophy case. Yeah. So it's like, that's just a, a horrible way to start school to begin with. Cause like you're there trying, you know, find your own identity, find who you are, make friends possibly, you know, cause like this is definitely like, you know, it's college for these kids. And so, you know, yeah. they're trying to live their life the best way that they can. Right. And this girl is already, you know, she started off in the top 16, which means, you know, she's going to be with a bunch of other people who have the same, you know, a type personality who are going to be, you know, cutthroat. They're looking out for themselves. They're going to try to find any way to like, you know, take you out by your legs and get you out of their way so they can achieve higher ranks. And so like, I think it's mentioned later in the book where, you know, even people within the top 16, they've been together for two months and training together, but they don't even like each other. They always no. they avoid each other. Yeah, like it, it's like they don't even want to be near. Like, even if they're in the same class, they sleep, they sit on opposite sides of the room because they don't even want to have any association with each other. Yeah, it's super cutthroat. And so it's like, you know, this girl is just sitting there just being like, OK, doing another thing with, you know, being the star child or whatever. And so, like, she was even kind of like, taken aback by the fact she goes wait i have to fight an e-ranker like what right how's that gonna prove anything like that's exactly. not even a challenge for me like give me somebody at least in the mid d's or something to show that i actually know what i'm talking about right and she's like and she's like he's so weak like he's so beneath her in terms of rankings that she actually has to think about how she's gonna approach him like like she actually has to think about it like i can't just whoop his ass immediately because everyone's gonna think i'm a fucking bully but she's exactly. like, I can't, but I can't like have the match go too long because then people are going to think I'm taunting him. Exactly. So she had a, and this is once again, you know, another very delicate, you know, dance she has to pl she has to dance in order to make it look like she knows what she's doing. It's right. it's just another situation she does not want to be in. She's like, when will I eventually be able to live my fucking life the way I want to live it? Like this is such bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, poor child. <laughs> exactly. But like so. As as Ray gets down to the gets down to the pitch to fight, um, he walks up and Valeria Dent's already down there ready to like greet him. And she's like trying to like explain the rules to him. And of course, it's Ray who's, you know, watched enough CAD fights and he knows everything that he just starts reciting rules to her without even like any hesitation. And she goes, oh, yeah. well, I don't have to waste any time with that. OK, let's keep going. And she's like, I'll take your hat and your jacket. And he goes, no, no, I want to keep it. She goes, what? Because, like, you know, Arya is, like, she's down in her combat gear, which is pretty much just, like, a leotard. And, um, and like, you know, so she doesn't have anything. And so it's, like, okay, well, 
whatever, I guess you can have it. Like there's nothing in the rule books that say you can't. And so, but the entire time, like his eyes are just locked on Ariel Laurent the entire time. Like he's not even looking in uh, Valera Dent's, you know, in her direction. And like Valera Dent was like his idol as a kid because he saw her win her final match when he was a kid. And so like, this is like an idol to him, but he's just so fixated on Aria and just that bond is starting to grow between them, even though they Mm -hmm. don't even know what it is at that point. Yeah, absolutely. Um, No, no. And then um, into, to to kind of uh, visualize this a little bit better. um, uh, Like we should probably talk about like the difference between Raiden and Aria, like regardless, like other than the obvious, like their ranking, um, obviously Raiden is almost two classes below her. Like holy shit, almost literally almost two classes. That's like that's a shitload. But um, uh, the other thing is like Raiden, his type is he's an A type, um, whereas Arya is what they call a phalanx, and so there's different types of cat fighters. Um, I'm gonna need your help on this, Steven, because I, I I don't even know if I confidently can say all of them. Um, I think there's there's Phalanx, there's Lance, Saber, Mauler, Brawler, Duelist, and then A type. Yeah, and then yep, yeah, no, that's all of them. Yeah, you got that's them all. all of them. Okay, okay, yeah. cool. So, um. Arya is a phalanx, and from what I can tell, again, I, I'm i not going to pretend to be, like, an expert on all these different fighting stances. Like, I, I, I'm still, like, rereading this constantly because of the fact that I know I still got to figure a lot, out, figure out a lot of this stuff. But from the way it sounds to me, like, a phalanx seems almost like a stronger version of, like, a lance. Does that seem right to you, Steven? Like, yeah, like a so- phalanx to me kind of seems like a lance, but just, like, more OP'd. So the so the best way to think of a lance uh, a phalanx um, is actually if you look at the word itself phalanx, which is actually a military tactic that was used during Greek and Roman era, um, okay. which is actually when if you've seen the movie Three Hundred, and they make that wall of shields uh, with that's from shoulder to uh, knee or whatever, um, and it's just like they can't break through it. That's a phalanx. It is designed to be an impenetrable wall that cannot be broken because it's a it's it. It, the entire army is backing it. And so it's an extremely high defense level and nobody can get through it. And that's exactly why she has the shield because she's a phalanx. And so that means she has Got very high you. defense. And I think also she does use a lance, but I think that's just more or less her weapon of choice. Right. Like, that's just how her um, cat has evolved into letting her have that, I guess. Into letting her have that. Okay. That makes sense. All right. No. And Thank you for kind of further clarifying that because, like, I, I always had the sense I knew what it was, but, like, I never even – well, to be honest, you're the only other person that I talk to that's read this story. <laughs> um, so I've never given – like, had the opportunity to ask someone, like, what their interpretation of it was. But that that's spot on. And so um, the thing about Ward that makes him different from everyone else is A-types are not like any other class – and what I mean by that is, like, if you're whether you're like a saber or a phalanx or a mauler or a brawler or whatever it is, like your class is your class, and all you're working on is like improving yourself within that specific class. But in a type, if the person lives up to their potential enough, they can potentially 
um, fight in a way that almost makes it seems as though they have multiple classes. Like an A-type CAD can adapt abilities from other types and has the yeah. ability to kind of shift it. So think of like um, Raiden is a mauler right now, or a, a is it a is he, no? He's a brawler right he's now. A brawler, he's a brawler. No, he's a brawler. Yeah. Mm -hmm. He's a brawler right now, but he's only a brawler right now because his insight into his CAD and his understanding of his CAD is still at a intermediate, like beginner's level. As he like understands more and as he trains more and upgrades himself more, eventually he's going to be able to go into other forms other than Mauler or other than Brawler. Sorry. Yeah, which I think, which I think is kind of due to the fact of that's kind of what he grew. That's what he was at, yeah. like at at his other school was he was pretty much just you know fists and that's pretty much all he really did. Right. And I think that's kind of why when they decided to give him a CAD, and this is kind of me guessing at this point, um, with with his previous history and what he had done and how he had you know focused on being a fighter and how he had trained to do that i think the mind was like okay i'm kind of going to give him a help here by giving him a cad that's going to match what he already knows yeah and so it, he can easily build upon that and then go from there instead of completely changing it from being like oh you're a brawler without a cad but now you're going to be a saber type or whatever and it's like just completely throw him off his game i think this kind of allows him to continue to grow the way he was growing previously so it doesn't completely mess with his mindset Absolutely. No, that's a that's a great way to put it. And I also think um, to kind of like further emphasize like the mind thought process, I actually I also think like it's subtly hinted at that a types like like a type a types are not chosen at random, if that makes sense. Like there aren't many a types compared to other classes from what I've been able to tell, or at least there aren't many that are like legitimate cad fighters. But out of the ones that we've seen, like, it's not a coincidence that every single one of them is badass. Like, so far, we've only, like, there's three big A-types in the story. You've only met two of them. You're going to meet the third one later, Steven, and, like, I'm not even going to, like, spoil you. When you meet them, you'll know, because this character is just, like, phenomenal. Um, literally tied, in my opinion, with Belera Dent for the two coolest character, like, in the series so far. But... Um, the two that you know of right now are Raiden, obviously is the A-type, and then Valera Dent is an A-type herself. So, like, that should let you know as, like, the reader, or at least give you a hint that, like, like, like A-types are chosen by the mind for a very specific reason. Or, like, they have something that everyone else doesn't have, or something that intrigues the mind in a way someone else doesn't have, and that's what gives them a cat that allows them to have like an exceptional amount of versatility because that's essentially what like an a type at its like at its highest goal or like let's say it reaches like its peak limit is essentially a type where you're like okay one one moment i'm a saber the next moment i'm a brawler the next moment i'm a duelist like you know what i mean like that i think that's the ultimate goal but i don't think the mind has ever come across a user who had the willpower or the creativity to get that done in the way that like the mind envisions. And I think the mind is hoping like Raiden can be that person. If that makes sense. Yeah, no, that would be really cool. If, that's all you know. spoiler. I mean, that's all like non spoiler talk, by the way, like I, I'm saying that based off of my own speculation, like there's literally nothing in the story that tells us that's what the mind is thinking. So don't think yeah, I'm spoiling no. it. 
No, I, I think we've been pretty good up to this point to not, you know, jump too far ahead of what we're talking about. But yeah, no, yeah. Like, I agree with you on that. Like, I think it's definitely a uh, a specific type of person that needs to have an A type, because if you're kind of set your ways on how you do things, you're not going to be someone who can easily manipulate into a different fighting stance that quickly without having some kind of, you know, mental break. True. Um, yeah, true. Absolutely. But the the cool thing about like the arena that they're in, I thought, was the fact that I thought it was just going to be, you know, like, like a MMA, like hexagon, like, you know, you're just, you know, it's just like a empty room or whatever that they're fighting in. Mm -hmm. But, you know, of course, in, you know, this world that we live in, we can make anything happen, you know, with enough (laughs) mental abilities, we can do it. And so pretty much it's they reconstruct the entire arena to almost be a, you know, broken down warehouse. Uh, I think they even call it like a deserted warehouse or whatever. And so it's like almost... You have rickety crates everywhere, pipes, and, you know, it's dark and dingy. And, you know, so it's not just going to be a basic open field fight that they're going to be in. It's going to be something that's going to, you know, take some skill and, and you know, prowess to go into. And once they're, you know, in the arena ready to fight, um, of course, Ray has to, you know, look like he knows what he's doing because he volunteered to fight a C-class right off the bat. And so he pretty much like charges at her and, you know, why not use the main tools you're given? And so he takes his hat and just chucks it at her face, (laughs) which I loved because it just shows how he knew he was going into this with his pretty much both of his hands tied behind his back already because he was so weak at this point. And so he knew he had to use something that he already had to kind of help him get an advantage in the fight. And so it was definitely, I think, a really smart tactic to use his hat in that way. But it kind of also shows his creativeness in his fighting style, where it's not going to be straightforward or simple. It's going to be something that's going to, you know, you're going to have to, like, kind of, as the opponent, take a step back and kind of observe him to figure out how is he going to approach this, because it's not going to be a basic fighting. And that's kind of what I think is the... I want to say is Ariel Laurent's weakness is because she just assumes he's going to be a one fighting type person, not somebody who's going to do any kind of trickery or manipulate how he fights in order to win a battle. Yeah. Um, well, uh, another thing on the stadium too, um, it's, it's fit or it's built to fit up to like 150,000 people. Like that's, I, I, I can't even describe how insane that is. Like think of like, the biggest sports arena in like America and double that. And like, you might get to it. (laughs) Yeah. I I think the best way to put it is take any class, like general, like even take, you know, Madison square garden, take two of those. Yeah. Like 150,000 people. Holy shit. Um, but yeah, to your point, um, I I think there's a couple things that, uh, Aria underestimates with Raiden. Those are definitely some of them. And I think also she, um, like she sees his ranking and doesn't like the ranking doesn't tell the full story of a fighter. There's several things you have to observe. And what I love, one of the themes that this story um, constantly brings up and this fight is the earliest example of it is that like your ranking doesn't actually determine how good of a fighter you are. All your ranking determines is like, the trajectory in which your like our, our your abilities are headed and like what your possible potential could be based off of your specs but like it, it's not like the like it's not the 
I don't know how to put it, but it's not like the defining measure in whether you're a good fighter or not. Like the thing about Raiden is like, even though he's ranked so much lower than a lot of these people in terms of like your instinctive um, feeling to fight and how to fight, he's a better natural fighter than a lot of them. And so um, one of the things that Arya kind of underestimates is his ability to like get a hit, like take a hit and to get back up and like keep swinging. And that's what you see, like, in this fight is, like, she thinks after, like, the first kind of conference, physical confrontation they have that, like, Ray's just going to be done. And she sees, like, he still has, like, tricks up his sleeve and, like, he still has, like, that fight left after their initial, you know, interaction. Yeah, and so with with what Ray's history has been with, you know, what he's gone through with his illnesses and everything and his surgeries and, you know, he's definitely someone who can take a hit and brush it off very quickly because you know getting smacked in the face with a gauntlet out of metal and you know that's gonna hurt some 99 of the people it's not gonna feel great but <laughs> for him it's just like another tuesday afternoon pretty much exactly. and so he definitely learns you know he's able to get close into aria take a couple of hits but at the same time while he's taking those hits he's pretty much observing how she's fighting He's seen how she's using the shield to create space between her and Ray. He sees how she's using the lance and how she's focusing mostly on thrusts and any kind of way to keep the distance between them. And so obviously Ray is going to find a way to negate that and also find a way to pretty much almost like a turtle, find a way to flip her over and get to her weak side. So that way she can't defend herself. Yeah, um, which is uh, it, it, it's it's very interesting that Raiden kind of can instinctive, well, not instinctively, but he uh, like even in a fight against someone who's like two almost two ranks ahead of him, he can still even though it's a long shot, he can still like find paths or possible paths to victory, even though it's like a bitch to execute and it's you know it's going to be hard, but like there's still a way. And that go just goes to show you, like, at the end of the day, it's easy to get too caught up in these specs and, like, the spec rankings and upgrades and all that shit. But, like, when it boils down to it, like, if you can find a path to beating someone who is a couple of ranks ahead of you, that means that, like, the rankings aren't absolute. Anyone can be beaten. Anyone can win. It just depends on, like, how well you can execute, you know, your said strategic, you know. Uh, goal or whatever you're trying to do in your battle yeah no exactly and it kind of comes kind of like what you said is when you start looking at everything as rank level is the end all be all then that's where you're pretty much already going to lose the battle to begin with because you need to definitely know what you're capable of and know what you can bring to the table and know how to use those tools and skills to support your current skill level yeah um so with, you know, Ray being kind of a creative child, I think is the best way to put it. Um, he quickly realizes that a front on assault is not going to work with Arya at all. It's going to be, you know, she's just going to continually poke him and he's just going to run out of, you know, stamina at some point. So he quickly does what any intelligent man would do, which would be turn tail and run, which is what <laughs> yeah. he does. And obviously the entire arena starts laughing at him because he's like, oh, he's realized he's gone in too far. But like 
obviously we know this is this is Ray and he's yeah. as creative as they come. And so he quickly, you know, banks around a corner that he knows he can clear much faster than somebody. Yo, like but holding. now he's got but now he's got her ass like hooked on the fight because like he's yeah, done running away and she's like where the fuck you think you're it's going like, no i can't <laughs> let him get away like it's gonna make me look like i'm gonna look bad i gotta <laughs> like now, this she's, off. now she's fully into it bro <laughs> <laughs> yeah because she's just like what the hell is happening this is not what i signed up for what the fuck and so then like he turns this corner and he like hurls his jacket in one direction he goes the other direction and so he quickly clears this corner and Arya comes behind him and just sees the coat and immediately just goes for the thrust and the kill shot being like, we're done with this. We're not going to keep playing anymore. Yeah. But she quickly realizes I'm just stabbing a jacket hanging in the wind. (laughs) And she goes, are you freaking kidding me? A goddamn distraction. Who the hell am I fighting? Like, what is this bullshit? Yeah. And like, and then before she has time to even do anything, she can she already knows that he's behind him because he's like hurling off like a pile of crates. And before like Ray can get like one good shot in and like just for the record, he hasn't been landing any like destructive hits in this fight in any way. No. They've pretty much just been love taps to Arya. Like it's just been like weird slaps and annoying bites. And so he's like finally in this perfect moment where she's she impaled her spear pretty much into a wall he knows between the time it takes her to take that out and turn around he'll have enough time to get at least one good solid punch in the face Mm -hmm. and before he can the next thing ray realizes he's now punching a shield that was not there a second ago (laughs) which uh cleveland do you want to talk about how that's a possibility yeah, so um, we we uh we mentioned earlier in the segment about um, user like unique user abilities. So with the with these CADs come like your basic um augmented abilities. You know, you're gonna be faster. You're gonna kick harder. You're gonna punch harder. You're gonna be able to think on your feet more because you have um it uh it uh upgrades like your cognition and like your cognitive your cognitive abilities to, you know, um, formulate plans and shit like that. So like you get all of these normal augmented boosts when you get a CAD, but you also get like special boost almost, you know, like you're, uh, you're, uh, how do I put it? Like, uh, if this was like a, a football, like if this is like a football team or something like this, like your unique ability is like your, your golden play, you know, your play that you save until like the money time. You know what I mean? The the play you take out where you're like, this is the best play we got. Like, the game's on the line. Like, this is what we're running. Like, that's kind of what your unique abilities are. They're almost like your trump cards. And they're special abilities that are based off of uh, not just your CAD rank, but, like, your specific uh, CAD type. And some unique user abilities will work better with other fighters depending on what their CAD type is. So for Arya, she's a phalanx. And Steven, as you um, perfectly uh, described earlier, Phoenix or Phoenix. Oh my God. Phalanxes are, uh, they're more like defensive types. Uh, Like obviously they have offensive power and they have certain specs that can go on the offensive very quickly, but at the core of their kind of ability as a CAD fighter, a Felix is more like on the defensive and it's more like, like if this was Naruto, think of a 
like in a typical Felix or like the gold standard for a Felix would be like Gara, right? Like, yeah, mm-hmm. Gara has the ultimate sand defense, but like if he catches you slipping, like that sand will fuck you up real quick. You know what I mean? Like, exactly. Yep. <laughs> and so that, that's kind of like how I would think of Arya. Um, and uh, her special unique ability is obviously, or her first one that she develops is going to be better suited to her type as a Phalanx. So I think why this one is so um, fitting for her is she develops a unique ability called Third Eye. And Third Eye is an ability that essentially kind of lets your CAD... So like there is a reaction time, uh, like a, I don't know how to describe it. Uh, it's like, or how to articulate it, but... There's like a a drop off between like when you want to, when you like mentally voice a command and when the command actually like happens. You get what I'm trying to say? Yeah. So it's kind of like there's between what you're, when you say it and when you do it, there's a lag time between. Right. There's like a lag in between. But third eye like pretty much says like your machine knows better than you. It's for while this like ability is going, it's not even gonna like ask you to consciously like approve the command that you want the thing to do. It's just gonna go ahead and override your like own mental thoughts and it's just gonna do it for you. So like yeah. so, so for instance, if like let's say um like think of it as let's say you're in a brand new Lexus, right? And you're driving, you know, all these new Lexuses have this, that feature where like it stops the car for you when you're about to get in an accident. So like, let's say you're literally about to get in an accident and you see the other car coming from your left a little too quick or a little too late and you're about to hit the brakes, but you're, you're too late. So your car, you know, your Lexus or whatever car you have hits the brake before you get a chance to and prevents you from getting in that accident. That is essentially what third eye is. Third eye is saying, I know you're eventually going to give me the command to do this because this is the most logical thing to do, but we don't have time to wait on that shit. So I'm just going to override it and do it for you right now. Yeah, exactly. And Ray kind of explains it in the in the book. He has kind of like a mental chat with himself because, of course, it's it's CAD. So he's going to nerd out about it the moment he realizes what it is. And he's like having yeah. a mental, you know, freak out about it. But he mentions how with this ability a fighter could pretty much take on up to three people and know that one arm is going to take care of itself without them having to worry about it at all. And then they can focus on one person while the arm is taking care of two other people to either defend or, you know, back them off or whatever. And so it definitely is uh, the ability to split one's attention because you're giving ownership to the, to the CAD to take care of itself. And then you're able to focus on what you're doing. Yeah. So it's definitely a huge bonus. Cause it's almost like then you're fighting two different people at the yeah. same time. Yeah. And so the, there was one part in the book that I, I kind of chuckled at was Ray was like screaming in his head saying third eye, you gotta be fucking kidding me. You have third eye. <laughs> and like, he's like going off about all these stats and he goes, Oh shit, wait, we're fighting. Okay, yeah. back in it. And he kind of has like has like mentally tell himself to focus back in on the fight. And it just shows how easily he can get distracted by shiny objects, even like facts about shit. He's like, ooh, I want to talk about this. He goes, oh, shit. No, I got to focus on this. Yeah, we have to, but, we have to finish the fight before we can honestly, continue on. But honestly, even in that, they both were distracted because Arya like thinks to herself, like, should I answer him? And then she's like, no, nah. <laughs> like, I'm not going to answer him. It's like, no, no, I got to wrap this up before I start looking like a weakling of a C-Ray. Yeah. And so obviously, you know, quickly thereafter, um, 
Ray ends up getting run through with uh, Arya's spear because, you know, he's kind of taken aback by the fact that, you know, he somehow blocked this hit. And she, by the time she her third eye blocked that hit, she had gotten her spear out and pretty much ran him through all the way. Like and it, and it severed his connection to his legs. And so he actually slumped down a little bit mm-hmm. where he was like being held up only by the spear. Yeah. And of course, with Ray being who he is, he's never going to stop fighting. He continues to swing at the shield. But it's like they're like failed, like, you know, this isn't going to do anything. I'm just going to keep swinging and hopefully something happens. Yeah. Um, but it's definitely kind of this moment where you show how his drive is never giving up and he's just continually going to push himself. Yeah. And she and like you said, he ultimately loses the bout, but he gains a lot of new interests from other people in him and he obviously surprises the hell out of his classmates because um like i said he's almost two ranks below her at the point of this fight and he gives her a run for her money like he he gets closer than anyone Arya has gone against including all those elite cadets in the training program like none of them came close to beating her ray is the one who's come closest out of anyone she's fought you know who's considered a classmate and so um, after the fight, uh, Arya is immediately inter- interested in Ray and just trying to figure out, like, A, who's this E-ranker who had the balls to take me on? And B, like, made me for the first time since I can ever recall actually have fun while I was fighting. Yeah, and there's actually a moment where Ray is, like, passing out from the pain of, you know, his battle. And Arya kind of like looks over him and says, thanks for the fight. It was fun. Yeah. And it was like, it wasn't even like in a, in a, like a, in a rude way. She also caught him. She like, she caught him. Like his face was about to hit the floor and she like saved him from that. Yeah. And even Ray was like, did something stop me? Like, did yeah. something catch me? And he, he was, <laughs> he was funny. So- that's also a repeated thing. That won't be the first time something like that happens. It's funny. But yeah. Enough. So it just shows like how they, they were like, you know, opponents of each other, but at the same time, they were still, you know, they have the respect for, she had the respect for him one to make sure he didn't get any more additional damage and two to actually thank him for having fun for the first time. Right. Because like all of our other battles have always been training sessions and how like she's not doing this right or she did this wrong or, you know, whatever. And so she's always being scrutinized, but she never just got a chance to sit, like actually have a fun fight. And like yeah. that's kind of what brought them together. And that and by both of them having that energy of wanting to have just a good old fashioned, you know, fight, it just naturally occurred between them. And then it just kind of shows how there's kind of that unspoken connection between them now and which is really cool yeah absolutely and what i because like me um kind of how my brain is just from a product of reading way too many mangas and manwas and like all that other shit is like when i saw their first fight i was immediately thinking about like what a fight between them could look like like 10 years from now and it was like it had this like this clear image of like raiden as just like this storm god almost and then this image of Arya is almost like a goddess of war. <laughs> Cause like when they, the way they describe her is like that, that streaking like distinctive red hair. That's almost like flames. And like, she has like those piercing green eyes and she has like a distinct, um, she has like a very distinct accent in the audiobooks of like how the guy like kind of voices her and her family that she just like, 
she looked like you can tell not not just personality wise but just like from a visual standpoint Arya is such a cool and distinctive character that stands yeah. out above the rest yeah exactly and like it just shows how much it's it's just crazy how much and how all these little details are in this massive story and how they just connect so beautifully together mm-hmm. where it, it's it's kind of the main reason why we enjoy talking about this story so much is just because of all these little nuances that like Cleveland will catch or that I'll catch and then we can just talk about them for hours. It's just it's it's truly amazing on how well they did this this entire all the character development in the story and everything going on. Yeah. Um, and um we won't do it this episode. We're definitely going to have to do it next episode though because um like we only like briefly mentioned this person and I feel like we've we've been doing some mad disrespect. Like we we got to give our our flowers to our boy Catcher. Oh yeah, no. Like next episode it's it's going to be Catcher hour. Like I'm not going to hold back with how much I love this character and like legitimately he is legitimately the goat. Like I love him. And like the fact that he is kind of almost like a clone of Ray, but in a way nerdier way. <laughs> yeah. And just kind of a chilled laid back dude. And it's, it's so I love his character design so much. Well, what I love about Ray and catcher is this is honestly one of the most accurate portrayals of like, school friendship that i can recall seeing in a long time and what i mean by that is like some stories like try to enlighten the readers on how much some people get like anxiety over trying to meet new friends and like you know their first day of new school of whether it's like high school or college or whatever, like that first day of school, there are a lot of people who freak out and like literally get legitimate anxiety about like, am I going to make new friends? Um, And what happens is a lot of stories will, in in an attempt to like give a voice to those people and to emphasize that this is a very real issue that a lot of people face, they'll almost like romanticize it in a way that's like remarkably unrealistic um, whereas with this story, I think it's truly honest about how you you think like leading up to like your first day of new school, like whether it's your first day of like, you know, your freshman year of high school or your senior year of high school or your freshman year of college, like whatever it is, like that first day when you're freaking out about like, okay, I'm in a completely new environment. Like this is my first day, my first official opportunity to like meet new friends. Um, we all, and I feel like a lot of people probably go through this. We just don't like share it with each other if this makes sense but like i feel like everyone gets that initial or some a lot of people get that initial anxiety the first day about how you're going to make new friends and then when you do make new friends you don't even notice it yeah 100 percent. like like you freak out for like two three weeks leading up to it like how am i going to make new friends how am i going to make new friends and then like when the day actually comes you just like naturally talk to people and before you know it like four weeks later you're like all right I've hung out with this dude 21 days out of the past 25 days. Like I'm pretty sure we're good friends now. Like, yeah, no, exactly. And it's like, I think we've told the story on the podcast before, but just kind of how like you and I became friends. Like we, we we worked, we worked at an office together. Like we were both temps. Like, I don't think we had any idea that we were going to stay there as long as we did, but 
it was legitimately three, four days into training. And it was like the most boring training we've ever been in. And we were just sitting at lunch and I had my phone case out and it had Batman on the back of it as like a little <laughs> pop socket. And he goes, Oh, you like Batman? I was like, dude, I love Batman. He goes, Chase and Todd. I was like, dude, the red hood, the red hood is a fucking bomb. And like, we just went on a tangent for the next hour. Hour. About, like Batman. And like, we even forgot we had to go back to training. I think and no, got in a li- little bit of trouble about that, but it was just like <laughs> that happened and it just snowballed into it. And I was so panicked about that job being like, I'm not going to find anyone there. I like, it's going to be weird. And you know, we've been friends naturally. ever since. Yeah. Right. And it just naturally, no, and I, and I felt the same way, Steven. So like, I, I feel that. And like, I, and that's why, like, I, one of the reasons why I was, I cling to this story so much is like, I could feel it like from the depths of my soul, like, the process that Ray was going through, like finding new friends, like he's had Viv this whole time. And then like, he's freaking out about how he's going to find new friends. And then catcher kind of just like subtly naturally becomes his best bro until like one day he finally realizes that like, Whoa, catcher is a really good friend of mine. And like, that's how it happens. That's, that's like the most accurate way you can show it is like you freak out leading up to it and then when it actually happens it happens so naturally and so casually that it's not until later that you consciously like acknowledge to yourself like i have now made more friends yeah exactly and like that's and like i think that's where this author does such a great job yeah you see it so clearly with ray um like with the dynamic between ray catcher viv and then um as like the story progresses more you'll see aria as well like come into that fold and it's just yeah. such a refreshingly accurate way of how people make friends at school. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And that's just that's just how it's done. And it's so cool. Um, but, yeah, no, we'll definitely go more into that next episode and, um, you know, talk more about their relationship and just kind of like almost how the differences between how Ray's approaching this new school and how Viv is approaching it is actually kind of interesting to me, too. Oh, yeah. uh, but it, it, it it's kind of a fun conversation i think we're gonna have next week um but awesome well guys thank you so much for checking out uh this week's episode um if you guys want to go back and listen to any of our older episodes uh that would be great as well um i'm working on a little bit of a background project right now i'm not ready to tell you about it but it's something i'm working on this is actually the first time cleveland's hearing about it so he's probably gonna ask me some questions once i hit the stop button on this recording um but (laughs) Uh, we are working on some other stuff as well. Um, this is definitely just one big series we wanted to kind of talk about, uh, get For the new sure. year rolling and just have consistent content. So it's not something we have to think about. And so, also, uh, guys, if you have any recommendations on something you would want us to like stream for you, like if there's something like there's some popular content or something that um you feel like not enough people are talking about and like streams and stuff like that we're trying to come up with ideas in the future not giving a valid concrete data when it would be but just in the future when we're both in a place and a good place for it like we'll start doing streams on like youtube and twitch and shit like that so like obviously any feedback would be um appreciated so if you guys have anything about like what you would possibly want us to cover in the future when we do go like the streaming route, like, please let us know. Yeah, definitely. And you can reach us. Um, you can reach us on Twitter at limitless otaku as well on Instagram at limitless otaku. Um, and yeah. Um, and you can even email us at limitless otaku at gmail.com. 
Uh, if you have anything that you guys want to suggest, any critiques, anything that we need to do to make the show better, we are open to suggestions. And like we've said a hundred times, we're new to this. We're still making it up as we go, and we're just pulling it out of our ass. <laughs> it, don't worry. I know I've gotten a message here or there about the face reveal. Don't worry. A face reveal is coming eventually. It will be here. I don't think I can't break that many computer screens at one moment. <laughs> it's not. It's not. it's not good. I can't pay that many people to get a new monitor. It's not okay. <laughs> no, we're, we're, we're fine. We won't be breaking any screens or anything like that. Trust me, it, the whole reason for like the lack of um, a face reveal up to this point is not for like cosmetic issues. It's more of just like the way that we've been releasing our content hasn't like needed it exactly yeah perfectly all righty guys well until next week uh have a good one and uh we'll see you on the next one all right see you guys peace <laughs>